0: Hey, darling, welcome to the she's a creative podcast. Are you a female creative who wants to own your purpose and dominate your creative business? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm Kay, your host and guide to help you on your way to creative freedom and success. Hey, hello, darlings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, we're going to be talking social media and business coaching with Ali Dene of the social Walker. How are you doing today, Ali? I'm good how are you? I am great.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of
0: course, of course. So we just want to jump right in because so, I want to know all about you and I really want to talk about the name of your business, The Social Walker. So tell us a okay. little about you and where you got the name of your business from.
1: So I started my business a couple years ago back in 2015, sixteen, um, 2016 actually and I was trying to start another business And learned a lot about online marketing and social media and blogging and SEO. And in learning all of that from my other business, I realized people would hire someone to do all of that for their businesses. And since I loved it so much, I was like, well, I'll just see what this virtual assistant like social media world is about. And I started getting clients pretty instantaneously. I was hustling a lot in Facebook groups and networking and all of that. And so um, that it kind of exploded and took off. And so my other business put, got put on the back burner for about two or three years. And I just dove headfirst into the virtual assistant social media world and loved it. The name comes from, my last name is Walker. And I kind of just had this picture of a girl walking dogs, but, um, instead of dogs, it would be the social media icons, like tied on a leash, like kind of like the Wrangler of your Facebook, your Instagram, your Pinterest, all that. And so if you go to my website, my little logo is a girl who looks like she's walking. And so it's another play on the word too of uh, um, a dog walker and like a social butterfly. So I kind of just tied it all in together. And then obviously the play on my last name being Walker as well. It's kind of
0: where it all came from. So I a little
1: social media wrangler.
0: Yes, I think your logo is the cutest thing ever. Like when I first saw it, and then when you told me about it, because um, we actually met. So for you guys that don't know, we yeah. met at the Tuesdays Together um, event here in Atlanta. And, um, and so yeah, it was really cute. Like when you said what it was called the social Walker, you like, Oh, yeah, my last name is Walker. I was like, that is so Clever and your yeah. logo is just the cutest thing ever. I mean, it looks like you, it's just perfect. Yeah. So, I love the um, of branding aspect.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine hand painted it. It's like a, uh, I need to frame it actually, but it's a beautiful hand painted portrait or sketch. And then, a friend, another Atlanta creative, Jess Freeman of Jess Creatives, she transposed it into all the digital marketing for it. So.
0: That is so awesome. Yeah. That is so unique. I just, I love it. I it. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, this is really like, it's so well thought out and branded. And I think that's something that as creators we have to kind of keep in mind, like, you know, make something that's really unique to you. And that really yeah. is going to stand out. So I love, um, I love that aspect of it. So, um, are you full-time in your, in your business? Tell us a little bit. About I am. This and, yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So
1: I started, I came up with the idea for the Social Walker on February 13th, 2016, which I know is kind of specific, but it's the day before my birthday. And I don't know if it's like a midlife crisis, not a midlife crisis, but the previous business I tried to start a year earlier on February 13th, 2015, um, I'd been kind of toying with it for a year and learning all this stuff about social media. And then I was like, this isn't really working or it is, but while wow, that's not taken off, let me just try this. And so in March of 2016, I got my first client and we are still working together actually. Awesome. So, so <laughs> two years now, I guess. And then after that, I just started getting referred. She referred a few people and I started connecting in Facebook groups and um, I worked a nine to five job. And so my lunch break was spent in Facebook groups, answering questions, volunteering to help people with things, like do a free hour here or there to kind of get them hooked and would answer questions or jump on a a call with someone on my lunch break to talk over things. And I was really, really aggressive in being in these Facebook groups. Like I wanted people, my goal was to be so involved and so helpful in these Facebook groups that the people who ran the groups started noticing me. And that happened, um, in several of the groups and one of my, I guess all of my clients now came from either referrals or, um, being like connecting with them on social media and about mid August, I realized I had so many clients. I not to, when I look at it financially, I would have done a little bit different than how I did, but I had enough to replace enough of my day job income to make it work for me to leave. I did have another part-time job at the time. So I had nine to five and then from six to nine, I would work at a bridal store. And then after that, I would go home and work my butt off on my lunch break. And after I got off from the bridal shop, because I wanted both business, I wanted this business to succeed. And so then it came August, and some things weren't moving quickly at my um, my day job. I was waiting on a promotion, and it had been taking about six months for that to come into fruition. And so at that point, I had a lot of clients, and decided, you know what, it's not worth it. Like I can pay my bills, I or so I thought. I will say, um, I can pay my bills with my the side hustle, and so I'm gonna go full on full on into it. So September of 2016. Yes. September 2016, I left my day job and I went full-time with a social walker. I still um, worked at the bridal shop part-time. And then about a year later, the following September 2017, I did start nannying one day a week just because I really wanted to get aggressive on paying off some debt that I'd used to start the business and everything. But, and I realized I didn't quite have my business finances set up the way it should have been in the beginning. But you live and you learn. <laughs> So I did have the two part-time jobs to help supplement a little bit of that. But yeah, I've been full-time now for a year and a half, almost two years. September will be two years, which is really crazy to think about. And I can't imagine really doing, doing much else. Um, I do have some other projects up my sleeve later on this fall. But for the most part, it's still living the laptop life. And I love it.
0: That is so awesome. I love how your journey goes through, you know, like you had this full-time job, you also had a part-time job, and then you were still trying to work on your business. And I think that just shows like how you have to really be dedicated to what you want to do. You know, you were taking your lunch break and, you know, after 9 PM to really work on your business. And I think a lot of people don't realize that in order for you to go full time, like you're going to have to make those sacrifices, especially when you have a day job to pay your bills you know so it's definitely not i mean i can see how that's not like an easy transition i know for me you know i went from being in school you know and working before then to okay you know what i'm gonna make this work you know and then i just threw myself into all my creative businesses and I'm still, you know, like you said, like your finances aren't perfect. You know, you're still trying to, it's still like a growing process. But I mean, I think that there does come a point, and I see that you kind of got there where you were like, okay, I, I feel like I can replace my income. So let me just try it. Like it doesn't hurt to try. You know, you could yep. hopefully, you know, find another job <laughs> if you needed to yes. fall back on that. But, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely a safety issue in that and knowing I could go back and work. And I will say part of it is one of my clients, um, shortly after getting started was my dad. He does SEO marketing as well. And one of they, they hired me to help with one of one or two of their clients, just on like a small scale, but knowing that they actually had a position offered to me, um, about six or seven months ago, And I was like, should I just take it? I mean, I'd have it, you know, I'd have to go into an office every day, but it's still doing the work. I would love it would just be more structured and I wouldn't be the boss and I would, I wouldn't be paying all the bills. I would just be getting paid, you know, and not that that's a bad thing. And I think it is great to have, I don't want anyone to think if they have to go back and get a job, that it's a failed business. It's just being smart. And for me, I really have been interested in doing Dave Ramsey and paying off some debt from, from starting the business and, and you know, just from personal, personal debt as well. And, and so I really, for me, it's more of a financial thing, not like a failure thing was to keep my two side businesses. And plus I'm such a people person, like staying in my house all day would have driven my roommates crazier than it probably did. (laughs) Um, I had three roommates in Atlanta, and I think if I had been only at home 24 seven, like I would have been a crazy person. And so I don't, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, if you have to go back and get a full-time or a part-time job, that that means your business was a failure. It's just thinking about it strategically and financially, that full-time or part-time job is going to help continue to launch your business and to take some of that pressure off your business from making the money immediately, if that makes sense.
0: I don't think I could have said that any better. I I like because I think a lot of people do feel like, oh, I had to go back and get a job. So I failed or, oh, I have to keep my day job. So, you know, my business isn't doing well when that's further from the truth. You know, it's having that other job. You know, it is like you say, that safety net, but it's also being smart. Like, you know, why would you quit your job if you don't if you're not making enough in your business to sustain yourself and your life, you know, and on the flip. You know, why exactly. keep pushing in this business? You know, of course, keep pushing your business, but don't just sit down floundering. Go get that job that, you know, is still in your field or still within your interest to kind of help supplement that income. So I think either way, you can look at the part-time, the your, you know, your day job as the supplemental income or your business supplemental income. Yeah. It's not a big I deal. mean, really,
1: that's what, exactly. And that's really what I started thinking about it with the part-time job. I was like, okay, so... With this bridal shop, because it was kind of flexible, like how many hours, they're like, how many hours do you want to work a week? And so I was like, I mean, I don't know. I definitely don't want to work 40. What would be the amount of hours I can work at the bridal shop a month to cover my biggest expense, which was rent. And so I knew how much I got paid hourly. And so that meant like, yes, my other bills might've been coming from the social walker business, like what I needed to pay myself there. But my biggest was was covered essentially every month. And so it really, it relieved that pressure off my business having to double, you know, what it was making. And so I think when you look at it that way, yeah, it's, it's not a failure. It's just a financially smart decision. And for me, that's just a big focus. The past, these past couple months and years is I really want to get on a financial, like stable ground. And I should have been, there's no reason for some of the debt that I have. Um, but it's just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a priority to me and now it is. And so seeing it as a, as a financial piece and not a failure piece, I think is the biggest mental thing that entrepreneurs, the biggest hurdle entrepreneurs have
0: Yes, is, I so is that failure agree. piece. I definitely agree with that. I mean, like, (laughs) you just keep saying things and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I've I've kind of had those kind of thoughts, but I never was able to put it into words. But, you know, the reality of the situation is that as, you know, creatives, as business owners, like we have to think about how we are paying our bills, you know, and, and, you know, if we're trying to pay off debt and different things and it's just being smart with what we're trying to do. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means, hey, I need to think of another way. I need to think outside of the box to reach whatever X, Y, Z goal I have.
1: Exactly, and I think so many entrepreneurs typically start their businesses as a side hustle, and then it just grows and grows, and you see your bank account as somewhat equal, but you don't realize like how much your actual job is supplementing your your side hustle. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with leaving your side job. I mean, your main job. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, to pursue your side hustle. But there's also nothing wrong with going back or just asking, like, "Hey, can I cut down?" Instead of forty, can I do thirty? Can I do twenty? Can I do mornings? Can I do afternoons? You know, like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, just trying and seeing what what that looks like in your business.
0: I think that's a really way. cool strategy too, of like taking down, like okay, going from forty hours to thirty. Can I still sustain myself? Okay, from thirty to twenty. Like you know, just like use those yeah. to kind of test engage yourself to see where you're actually going in your business. I think that's like.
1: Yeah. If you're, if you're going to take 10 hours away from your, your full-time job and put 10 extra hours in your business, you, you're not going to instantly see that money come back, but you need to be working. Yeah. And I could do a whole nother episode on like entrepreneurs and working from home. And what does that really look like? But I get so frustrated with entrepreneurs who want to see, who want to, you know, take those 20 hours, stop working at their full-time job, but they, they're not working hard during those 20 hours to that they have get their business growing, going. Yeah. And not that you, the point of being a creative entrepreneur essentially is not to be working 40 hours a week, but at the same point, there's a quote out there that's like, we as entrepreneurs work like 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. Meaning oh, wow. we work yeah, it's it's just saying like we work when other people aren't working, like we're staying up till midnight. We We don't have a typical nine to five. So we're not working the typical 40 hours a week, but we're working we're working more. You have to work more when you first get started.
0: Yes, I definitely agree. And I never even thought about that, but I do work <laughs> like until midnight or random times or I'll wake up yeah. super early and like be doing some sort of work. So yeah, that's so interesting. And I want to go back to um, a topic that you had, had kind of touched on before about you, yeah. your lunch break and being in those social media groups. Um, so do you believe that social media can be like the number one or like a top strategy for growing your business, whatever your g- business happens to? to be
1: yes i would say social media needs to be seen as a social networking platform so to me it's just as important as networking online as it is in person and it needs to be intentional i think out of it comes friendships and out of it comes you funny side things like there's someone i follow on instagram i followed her for all her business tips But then she started like every Monday night when the bachelor was on, like she would be tweeting about the bachelor. So I came to her for business tips, but then, you know, that was on like Instagram or Facebook. And then on Mondays, she's like, Hey, come join me on Twitter. Let's chat the bachelor or whatever. So it becomes personal, but I think you can use social media, social media strategically to grow your business. But I find most people use it as a rabbit hole or as an escape or as a time waster. And that's where everyone falls into the trap of saying it's not worth it because they're not using it strategically to grow their business.
0: Okay. So since you're, you're saying that, and I mean, I find that now I've learned some strategies to keep me from letting social media be that rabbit hole. I used to spend hours on social media and then realize I really hadn't spoke to anybody. I was just like yeah. doing random stuff. So like, mm-hmm. what would you say is like your number one tip for creatives and entrepreneurs when they're on social media to use it properly?
1: I would. I'm trying to think who Rosemary Watson um, she Rosemary Watson Productions she has a great thing where she says you should You know go in and try to com- connect with like five people So if you're using a hashtag hashtag social media manager or hashtag solopreneur go in and comment just go to the hashtag not people you follow not people that follow you necessarily But go to the hashtag and comment on like five posts that resonate with you, like actually comment on them. And you'd be surprised if you schedule time to do that and you're intentional with your time and how you do it, then I think you'll be surprised at how much, not that again, your business is not going to grow overnight, but if you start doing that every weekday for a month, I mean, you'd be surprised at how many connections you'll start to make how your social media will grow, but to me it's all about consistency and so with social media, I think there are a few key things you need to be consistent, you need to show up so not just using a scheduling software. I think scheduling softwares software softwares Sof- <laughs> software. are using yeah. scheduling software is an amazing tool that allows use some breathing room in your business. So you don't get trapped, but platforms know like Instagram knows if you're using a scheduling software. So if you know, you're posting every day at 10 o'clock in the morning at 10 AM, you need to go in. And I doubled, I like my own posts because it shows Instagram that I'm active right now. Like I didn't just schedule it. I mean, I did schedule it, but I'm also like on the platform right then. Gotcha. And so go on Whenever you have your post scheduled, go on, like your post, and start interacting with people who are commenting on it, liking it. And if no one's doing that yet, go out and do that on other people's posts. So being consistent with your posting, I haven't, if you look at my Instagram right now, it would be not consistent. It's kind of a hot mess, <laughs> but it's also showing up. So even though I'm not posting, I'm commenting on people's posts. And that's building those relationships. And then, The other thing is just, again, being strategic with your time. So for me, I treated it, I treat social media like I treat the water cooler or the coffee pot at the office. At 9 a.m. or 8.30 when you go into the office, everybody at my office was like putting their lunch in the fridge, getting coffee, getting tea, getting water, you know, whatever they were doing. We were all chatting and then we all go off to our cubicles and do our own thing. And then at lunchtime... Everybody comes back together, gets their lunch. Hey, do y'all want to go grab lunch? Let's chit chat. Let's do this. And everyone kind of knew people were in that let's chat mode, right? And then everybody leaves lunch and goes back to work until like five o'clock. And then everybody would be getting their lunches, getting a cup of coffee on the way out the door, going to happy hour and chit chatting on the way out the door. So, three times a day for just a few minutes, if you can treat your social media like the office water cooler, that will help you prioritize your time.
0: That was a great so, analogy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, It just makes so much sense to me. It's like show up when, show up when you would normally be chatting. Cause again, you have to take your business seriously. So I um, have a worksheet it's called the daily business hour worksheet. And I believe your first hour of business whatever that is for you. If that's 9 a.m. in the morning, if that's 8 a.m. in the morning, if that's 5 a.m. in the morning, or maybe you are a nurse and you work night shifts, so your morning is technically like 5 p.m. in the afternoon, whatever your first hour that you can spend on your business should be on your business on the back end, not on like client work or social media or anything like that. And so my what I like to do is like when I get up in the morning, I get my coffee and kind of before I start my quiet time or whatever, I might check social media and then I'll do my quiet time and then I'll have my one hour of like business where I'm just like checking email, planning out my day. What am I going to do? And then I'll get to work from like nine to noon. And then while I'm fixing lunch, I'll check social media again, or I'll get in Facebook groups and see who needs help. And I'll pop in and answer questions. And then you've got to pop out. You can't let yourself get in that rabbit hole. So if you view it like okay, I'm going to check in at 9am. I'm going to check in at noon. I'm going to check in at 5pm. Then you're going to set yourself up to be successful in not letting social media like become a rabbit hole. Yes. In my in, in my opinion. And two, it would also affect me because when I was first starting out, I was trying to get all the clients. So I was constantly checking social media. If someone was looking for a virtual assistant, I wanted to be the first one to comment because I thought if you're the first, they're going to hire you. But it's not really the the first person, it's the most helpful person. And so I remember like messaging someone and I was like, Hey, like, I really want to talk to you about this, but it's midnight. So I'm going to message you in the morning. Like, that's what I commented on her post. Cause I did not want her emailing me at midnight, but I wanted her to know I saw her post. And so I made a little note to email her the next day at my like social media time, you know? And so I think you have to be strategic with social media because it can work. And it has been I got one of my, um, two of my, I mean, I guess all my clients came from social media, but some of them just came because I commented on their post constantly. And I was like, Hey, like this, I love your work. Like I bought one of their courses. I did everything, you know, and I was active member of their Facebook group and then they hired me. And then another one, I hadn't even heard of her, but a, bigger name person in the industry had said, Hey, I'm a friend of mine's looking for a virtual assistant. Here's the link to apply. So I applied via the link, like they asked. And then I commented on her, I sent her a DM on Instagram. I was like, Hey, just so you know, I applied for that virtual assistant position with your friend. And she's like, Oh, great. I'll let her know. And she hired me because of that. And I would never worked with that other person, but I would just been engaging on their post, sharing their content, commenting. And it just that It does. It brings, it does bring you clients. Social media can totally work for you if you work it the right way.
0: And I think another thing that you're, that you've touched on is the um, portion of being, or offering people value, you know, like you were mm-hmm. actually s- answering people's questions, solving, helping them solve problems. You would do a free, you know, little call or something like, you know, just something short that wasn't going to be like super taxing and like take time yep. out of your pocket. But you know, like doing those things so that people can see, like, okay, this this girl is, um, you know, giving us consistent value. She's giving us consistent content. Like, okay, when I'm looking for this service, whatever the service is, you know, then they'll be more likely to want to hire you or work with you because they're like, okay when we already see her work that she gives out for free, I can only imagine what, you know, actually working with her would be like. So I think like, that's the biggest yeah. component is that like you have to show up consistently and you have to mm-hmm. offer that value to people so that they can really see what your business is about and who you are as a person.
1: Exactly, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's, the um, it's so cliche, but it's that whole give, 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 get thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's so cliche, but the reason it's cliche is because it's so true. I was in two Facebook groups, super active in them, and one I was um, an admin for, so people had seen my name around, you know, and I was like, hey y'all, I was trying to get this coaching off the ground last fall, and so I wanted people to kind of understand what I was doing, and I'm not just a virtual assistant, I'm going to walk you through your business, and normally people do these coffee chats where you kind of talk about each other's business and then you maybe figure out if you want to refer people to each other or whatever. So I was like, that's not what I want people to know me as. I mean, yes, coffee chats are great and I love them, but I wanted people to know me as like someone who can help you organize your thoughts, strategize your marketing and take your business to the next level. Right? So I had a three hour drive. I normally listen to podcasts, either like um, true crime podcasts or a business podcast but I said, you know, what would be better right now? So I went into this Facebook group and I said, okay, I have a three hour drive. One of the hours I have no cell service because it's in the mountains, but I have two hours to offer two people an hour coaching session for free. Oh, wow. And I put it in two different groups and no one commented for a while. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I'm not as cool or people don't know me for that. Cause I wasn't known as a coach, you know, like that's not what I was known for. And so one of my clients was in their Facebook group. And then in the other group, the girl saw that I posted it too. And I didn't do a graphic. You know, I feel like they, when you add a picture, people see it more.
0: Yes. I was in the
1: car. So like, I wasn't about to create a graphic for it. But then the two people that own the two different Facebook groups, they both commented. They're like, people, y'all need to hop on this. Like, You're getting an hour free. And I even said, like, I'm not going to talk about my business at all. I'm not going to pitch you my services. I'm not going to pitch you anything. And so the first hour went by and no one responded. And the second hour, someone called me or someone, you know, messaged me and I called them and we talked for about 45 minutes before the internet cut out. Well, then this girl messaged me and she said, Hey, do you still like, is one of your slots available? And I said, no, unfortunately, like, and I'm about to lose self-service. But I'm gonna be driving back this way on like Monday. And she was like, No, Monday doesn't work. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, next time I'll make sure to reach out to you first. Well, before I even had time to like do this again, she hired me and like for hours. I mean, she hired me and paid me. And I had never done anything for her but offer this service for free. And she didn't hire me to coach her, she hired me to do VA work. Um, But it all just stemmed from giving. And so I think it's just, you have to show up and you have to be consistent and you have to give before you start asking, especially if you are new, you just have to get your name out there yes. and it may feel sleazy at times, but you know, even if you don't know the answer to someone's question, still commenting, saying, Hey, this is a really great question. I don't know the answer, but like tag someone else. So-and-so might know, or Hey, yeah, I don't know either, but let's try to find out. Like if you find out first, let me know. If I find out first, I'll let you know like you don't it doesn't even have to be answering it's just telling someone else you see them allows them to see you
0: yes yes I think it's the whole thing of like just you want to be constantly on people's minds you want people to constantly see you um and then it's just like I know a lot of people especially um like photographers and makeup artists and stuff you know people don't want to do free shoots or free makeup or you know whatever but it's just like That's how you're going to get your name out there. I've done so many free shoots, it's ridiculous. And from a lot of my free shoots, that's where I've gotten my referral clients from. And so it's just yeah. Like, yeah, you might have to make this sacrifice one time. Yeah, it might feel like, oh man, like I'm, I'm giving away my time, you know, for free and all that kind of stuff. But on the back end, you're really not doing it for free. Like on the back, you're really like tapping into this new network of people that you wouldn't exactly. have access to before. And so by commenting on people's social media, by showing up, by offering free things, by offering free advice, whatever it is. You're gonna, make yourself, you're, you're gonna make yourself top of mind for people. So when they're, when they're thinking of, okay, I need a VA, I need a social media manager, I need a photographer, like they're gonna know you because they've seen you all over the place. I love just dropping nuggets all over the place because I know that people are gonna see me And in turn, they're going to want to engage with me. And even if it's just a random question or, hey, I want you to do my pictures or I want you to do this, you know, I know that by putting myself out there, it just kind of gives me a wider net instead of just thinking like, oh, you know, I'm doing this for free. Like no one's really getting anything. Or, you know, I think some people sometimes feel like um, when you do something for free, like everyone else is benefiting except for you. And that's furthest from the truth. You know, like actually everybody is winning in this situation. So I think you just
1: have to decide what you're going to what, what is doing this free? What do you want to get out of it? You still have have, no, you're not getting money out of it, but how are you going to take this opportunity and capitalize on the free whatever? If you're, if you're a photographer and you're, you're doing a photo shoot for free, that's a model that you can hand your business card to. That is the model's Instagram account. So how many people are following him or her? That's the photographer, I mean, the hair makeup person, that's the stylist, that's the planner, the venue.
0: I the mean, not images, just- even the, Im- the images alone for me makes a lot of my free shoots worth it because it's like, you need a portfolio as a photographer. You can't just say, oh, I take pictures. They're going to say, okay, what's your social media? Where's your website? Like you benefit so much because with a portfolio, you can, your, your opportunities are limitless at that point. So, and then all those connections you make with the people that you're working with. I think that people just have to get out of the mind frame that because I'm doing this for free, I'm not benefiting. You know, yeah. like you are, you are 110% benefiting from any free collaboration you do. Now, I mean, there are some that, you know, okay, you might not have thought it all the way through, but at the end of the day, there is going to be some sort of benefit that you're going to be able to pull from doing, you know, giving away value. Like if you're yes. actually giving and I don't, away value.
1: Exactly. And I don't think you have to say yes to every free shoot.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: if you're a wedding photographer and someone comes to you and they want to do a free baby shoot do not do it. Because that's not your business. That's right. not what you're, I'm working with a client now and um, we're actually working on a filter process for what we say yes to. Free, paid, whatever. Because people use the term, oh, you'll get exposure. Or, that's great, but is it exposure in like Southern Living or is it exposure on like an Instagram account with 500 people? And not that the 500 people is wrong or whatever, but does it align with your values and your brand and your mission? Like, like I said, if you're a wedding photographer and someone wants to do a styled shoot and they want you to do it for free and they love your images, say that's, I'm so flattered that you do, but I just, babies are not my jam. Like I just don't, don't do babies. That's okay. So I think you, you can be selective in your, your free shoot. I don't, I don't want people to think they have to go out and do all these free shoots. It still needs to align with your business. It needs to be something that when you take these pictures for your portfolio that you're proud of them and you want to share them, like you may still be a great baby photographer, but if babies drive you crazy, like you're (laughs) never going to want to share these pictures. So then you are not benefiting from this free shoot.
0: I think that is so perfect. And I think that kind of leads into something that I know you do a lot, which is um, accountability um, and like further into doing business coaching. But, um, you know, I think that people don't realize the importance of or the power of saying no. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to say yes to everything because we feel like, oh, we need the money or we need this collaboration or we need this exposure. We need X, Y, and Z, not realizing that, you know, there are certain things that you should absolutely say no to in order to um, allow your business to grow so in the example of you're a wedding photographer but someone wants to do a a styled baby photography shoot that doesn't make sense for your business so you know i know you're big on being accountable in your business and um i think you said you had like this checklist that you had um or um, what was it to make sure that the person um isn't saying yes to things that don't fit their brand so like how do you suggest people stay like accountable or how do you help people stay accountable in their business
1: so I think you have to start off, everyone talks about these ideal clients and creating avatars and everything like that, which is great. I've never done that. I don't know if my ideal client reads Southern Living or Joanna Gaines Magazine or drinks Starbucks or local coffee, whatever. I don't know. Wow. My, I, don't, I haven't done any of that. I've done, I can, I started my business completely opposite of what everybody recommends doing, which I would recommend not doing what I did, but it still still works. <laughs> So I think you you know what lights you up or you should. And I took on some clients when I first started because I yes, I wanted that money. But then I turned those clients down. I actually my highest paying client, my I just it was actually the client, one of the two clients I decided if I could get them to sign a contract, I will leave my day job. Wow. Half a month and I left my day job they signed the the contract left my day job and half a month in I gave them half their money back. And I said, this is not working. We don't fit together. I don't enjoy. I mean, I said it really nicely, but I was like, I think this is a waste of your time and my time. Like it's just not. And she was really gracious. She's like, yeah, I was going to let you know at the end of the month, like I just don't think it's working out. And I was like, I don't even want to wait. Like I do not want this money. And I do not want to be tied to you for two more weeks because it just wasn't working. And so I think learning to say no in the beginning is so hard. It is so hard because you want that money. You want those clients, but staying accountable to yourself in like, this is, this needs to be a business you love. Like it really, really does because you, you do pour more than 40 hours of work into it. You pour more then a salary into it, you pour every bit of your money and your time and your energy into this business. If you want it to truly be a business and to succeed and not just be a hobby, if you want it to be a hobby, that's totally fine. But you, I just think we all know what truly lights us up. And sometimes we may take on an extra client because, well, I just need that extra $100 this month. Okay. That's fine. But make sure, you know, next month you need to reevaluate, like, is this working? And like, can you say no at the end of this? Or like, can you say, like, we are done? Like this is a month. I'm doing it for a month. And so what I do is I I really help business owners look at their business as an individual. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Look at your life. Are you working nine to five? Are you working, are you a night shift nurse? Are you working weekends? Like what does your life look like? And then what do you want your life to look like? Like what makes, what clients do you enjoy working? For me, it's women entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business seriously and who are ready to grow into a business and not just a hobby. And then every, I really do believe like niching down does open the doors. So for me, I always do a trial with clients. Like let's do a two hour trial or let's do a five hour trial of working together. Let's do a month and then we'll roll over into the three month package of working together. Because I think you need that time for both parties to say like, yes, this works or no, this doesn't work. And I think setting it up that way from the beginning allows you to say no at the end of the month or at the end of the trial and say it gracefully and just let you know. Like, I didn't know when I started out what was going to light me up and what didn't. You know, it took a couple of months. It took a couple of clients to realize like, these are people I don't enjoy working for or not really people, but industries, I should say the people were great. It was the industry those people worked in. I wasn't thrilled about like the health and wellness. I don't know anything about essential oils. I don't know anything about like that sort of stuff. So for me, and they weren't even in the oils business, what were they in? It was a brick and mortar. So I had never done brick and mortar before. It was um, like a spa health yoga stuff. I've done yoga twice in my life. Like I should have just said no, but I, could I do the actual things? Yes. Like, could I post to their Instagram? Could I post, you know, whatever? Yes, I could do all of that. But I knew nothing about the industry, which is fine. But I wasn't going to learn anything about the industry to do this better. And when I realized that, I was just like, this is not something like the person was great. Like I really enjoyed talking with her, like got to know her, but it just wasn't the right fit. And so I think staying accountable to yourself as in like, if I'm going to spend this, you know, that client was like, say 10 hours a month. Is this 10 hours going to be 10 hours I'm going to enjoy or 10 hours I'm going to dread? Mm-mm. If it's something you're going to dread, then you cut it out. Like that's, you know, like it's totally fine. So I, I think each week you have to keep evaluating like, okay, what did you spend your time on this week? What brought in money? What's going to bring in future money? Because sometimes that's what you have to be aware of. that It's not going to bring you money this week gonna bring you money three weeks three months down the road and then what did you not enjoy doing and what can we start filtering out so I started saying like hey like after this you know month I'm not gonna offer these services anymore and like I offer Pinterest to current clients but I don't advertise I do Pinterest because it's not my favorite Hmm. but if someone were to ask me then sure yeah I'll do it but I'm not gonna go out and market it because it's not I hate to say it's a waste of time because it's not, but I just don't make enough off of it to like continue to promote it. Gotcha. And so I think you just, but that's a decision that you just, you do learn some as you go. So with the accountability program, I check in with business owners Like what is working? What, what is firing up? What did you enjoy doing this week? Was it making graphics for clients? Was it launching a new brand? Was it writing you know, if someone likes to write copy, is it writing an email funnel? Does that fire you up to write a four sequence email funnel? Okay. So how do we take that and how do we get you more email funnel clients? And then it's also looking at, okay, what are your hours? So maybe, you know, like we we're saying, maybe you only, you're a night nurse. So these are the hours you have a day. So how should you spend those hours? Well, one hour should be working on the back end of your business. Then you need to see how much client work you can actually take on Because how much time do you have of your day to work on this business and what's going to bring you that most, the income, what's going to bring you the most income down the road. And so it's just checking in weekly, seeing where, what's the pulse of your business, what, what's going well, what's not going well, how can we change it? And again, it's looking at it. Like we're talking about with the financial stuff, it's not a failure. It's just like a movement point of like, okay, well, if that's not working, let's just change it. That's totally fine. Like it's your business, do what you want but we need to have reasons behind why we're switching and jumping around and trying new things. And not just because we didn't give something long enough to pan out because you can't just keep changing your business every week. And so that accountability holds you to testing a product, testing a launch, testing a service for a certain amount of time. And then having someone like me check in on say, okay, how's this going? Are you enjoying it? Are you not enjoying it? Let's not change it this month. Let's keep just seeing how the rest of the month goes, but then we'll, we'll look at changing it next month and seeing what we need to do to get there.
0: I think accountability is really good. Um, or I think that the whole concept of it really has a lot to do with checking in with your feelings and your business and like results. You know, I think that. I think a lot of times, um, you know, we have this idea, you know, we have our brainchild, we have our baby and this is what we want to do, you know, and then somewhere along the lines, we don't stay true to that. Um, and it's because we're not being accountable. We're not checking in with our business. We're not checking in with our values and what we, you know, started out doing. And then we didn't, sometimes we don't take into account that things change. You know, when I first started doing photography, I thought that I wanted to do, you know, babies. And then Mm -hmm. I realized that's not necessarily what I'm most passionate about. And so I switched into doing weddings and portraits. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, you have to kind of go with the ebb and flow because when you first start something, you may not know what your thing is. Like you said, it took you a couple months, a couple clients to figure out this is what I'd like to do. And, you know, now you're at a point that you're like, okay, this particular service I don't really advertise because that's not necessarily what I want to do but you're open to do it because you're capable and I think that when we put ourselves in that kind of position we're more accountable to ourselves and our business because now we're doing what we truly want and we're not just doing something because oh you know it's gonna give me a check or it's gonna do this a a day job can give you a check you know but in a business you want to be doing something that actually lights you up that puts your soul on fire that it's going to be something that you actually feel encouraged and and you know confident in doing. So I think that that's like the really big point of um accountability and so I love how that is like a focal point of your business coaching. And so mm-hmm. before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. what um can you tell us like the importance of having a business coach and like how your style especially with the whole accountability portion, how is that different from, you know, other business coaches that people might get?
1: So what I love about how I've set up my program is I kind of based it on some coaches that I had in the past where I absolutely love. Like they created a phenomenal marketing plan with me, but then they kind of just like, let me hang out to do it. And I, I truly believe that like you, you care the most about your business, just like moms care the most about their babies. Like everyone thinks their baby is the cutest. Everyone thinks, you know, they're, they want to show you all their pictures and all the stuff, which is great, but you are only going to love your business like as much as yourself, right? Like you're the biggest person. So what I noticed with some business coaches, you know, people, different people have different packages, but for the most part, you meet with them, they kind of give you some guidelines and then they might check in with you, but then, you know, they check in the next month. And so what I wanted to do was offer a weekly check-in because for me, that extra bit of accountability, I'm an accountability partner and our program is free. So that's the other thing. I know a lot of people who do, they're like, I want an accountability partner. And what's the difference between an accountability partner and a coach or a mentor is that there's like skin in the game. So my accountability partner and I absolutely love her to death, but we don't pay to meet with each other, right? So if we have to cancel one week, there's no, it's not really a big deal. You know, it's just, it's just not like we understand the person needs to change things up. But when you hire someone, when you pay me money, you are now saying like, you're going to hold yourself accountable because you spent X amount of dollars and you want to see the return on that investment. When you spend money with me, I want you to see that return on your investment because I want you to spend more money with me. So if you hire me for one month, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure now it's not going to happen in a month. I believe in the three month rule. What you do now impacts your business in three months. But I offer the one month just to kind of get people's feet wet into working with me. So I want you to see that return on the investment that you paid me for one month of accountability in two months. I want you to see that come back to you. So that means I'm going to work hard and you paid money and you want to see that money come back. So you're going to do the work. And that's why I think it's important in this mentoring program that I have because it's you're paying me, but I want you, I want you to succeed. And I think other coaches want you to to succeed as well. But I, I just feel like there's been in the industry, I've heard so many entrepreneurs talk about how they know what they need to be doing, but they don't get it done. And, but they're not willing to pay for it. Like they want these free accountability groups, which is great, but When I left my day job, what I missed the most was Monday morning at 915. I knew we were going to have a staff meeting and I knew what I needed to come prepared with. I knew exactly what my boss wanted me to present and how she wanted me to present it. And then on the flip side on Friday, before I left for the weekend, I would give my boss a rundown. Like, Hey, this is what happened this week. This is what I got accomplished. These are some things we need to talk about at the meeting on Monday, you know? And so when you leave a day job and you don't have that structure and you're the boss, then like you have to hold yourself accountable and people aren't doing that. And so I, I'm very passionate about like holding people accountable to being the boss in their business. But I kind of want to, I was like throwing around titles for this, this offering, this service last year. And it's like, I literally want to be the boss, like the CEO, the creative's boss, like, you know, they, but I don't want to be the boss because you're the boss. That's why you left your day job was to be the boss. So it was kind of this like weird. I called it, um, accountability. I called it strategy. I called it like everything but coaching. So I settled on boss babe mentoring because I wanted it to be more of a learning process for the boss you're the boss, but I'm going to mentor you into being your boss. I want you to look at your financial numbers. I want you to look at your marketing. What are you doing that's working? What's not working? Where should we spend more time and energy? I want you to really start to hold your own self accountable. And when I first did this last year, I did like a soft little launch and someone said, they emailed me back and she said, you know what? Thursday, I did not get anything done that we had talked about on Monday, but I knew you were going to email email me on Friday to say what, to see what I got done. So I got 10 times done, more done. Like she sent me a list and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was stuff that you were going to do two weeks from now. She's like, I know, but I just got on the roll and I just got going and I loved it. And, and so for me, that's kind of what I feel like sets me apart is that I want people to become the boss of their business. And I really want them to see that it's a business and it's not a hobby and they want to start taking it seriously. And they want to be that boss babe but they see everyone else becoming and they can be there. They can do that. They can get there, but they've got to put in the work. And so it's just coming alongside them, mentoring them in that process of, okay, let's make it fit for your business. If posting three times a day on Instagram stresses you out, post one time a day. Like you don't have to do what everybody else is doing, but you have to do something. So let's do something that you're going to enjoy and grow your business that way.
0: So I love that you touched on a couple things in this. Um, but the first thing that I wanted to hit on is that it's an investment. Um, I think a lot of people, um, and I know I'm, I'm one of those people too, you know, it's taken me some time, but I finally decided to invest in a business coach. And I think that people don't realize the value in investing in um in accountability. Because yep. for me, it's not necessarily that you know, the business coach is telling me anything that I, you know, just go, so, yeah, like that. I don't know. Like it's so profound, it's never been said or written before. It's not that. It's the aspect of there's somebody that I'm talking to, you know, every so often whenever we have our meetings and when I come to her, I have to be able to tell her like, Hey, I did absolutely nothing that we talked about, or I did X, Y, and Z. And so it makes you evaluate your business at those times when you're talking to this person, because ideally this person is further along than you are in your entrepreneurial journey. So, you know, you're looking at them like, okay, you know, this is where I want to be, or I want to exceed you or whatever. But you also have to examine the fact of what did I do these last two weeks? What did I do this last month? You know, was I actually being productive? Was I actually, you know, doing the things that I set out to do, you know? And so I think that that aspect is very important in just knowing that when like you said, when you have skin in the game, you're going to, you're going to be more active. So when yeah. you know that you've paid this money to somebody for coaching, you know, and I mean, coaches, they are going to tell you things that you didn't know, you know, that's, that's, that's yeah, cool. of course. And so it's just like, so I, let me, cause, cause I said that it's something that I didn't know. There have been a lot of things that I've learned from my coach. So let me, <laughs> let me clear that. Well, for we, assume, up,
1: you know? we assume they're not really going to tell it like, Oh, you need to do email marketing. Oh, you need to be posting on social media. Oh, you need to be active in Facebook groups but it 's really more than that you know yeah. it 's like what should you be posting on social media? What should you be doing? Does that align with where you want your business to go
0: and I and like you can to bounce say, ideas yeah. of the strategy you know like yeah. I mean I, I bounce so many strategy ideas off of my coach it 's ridiculous, and it 's nice to be able to have that person to do it with because. Ideally, they've been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? And if they haven't, you know, maybe they're not in your particular industry or whatever, but they can still offer you guidance and insight that you didn't know. But you're not going to get that if you don't decide to make the investment. And sometimes it can be a little difficult to say like, okay, I'm going to pay this person X amount of dollars an hour or, you know, X amount of dollars for their program or whatever. But the money that you put into that, you're going to make it back if you actually go through with the actions. And I think that- In those cases, when you have a coach, everything that my coach and I have discussed—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's anything that I haven't done. But I think there's everything that we've discussed, I have actually done. You know, from the launching of this podcast to you know just different things that we spoke about, I've actually executed it. But I've had the exactly. idea to have a podcast for over a year, you know, and never did anything, you know. And right. then in two months, now I'm launching a podcast. So it's like you know. That and making that investment into business coaching is very important. And I love how you bring the accountability aspect for those weekly meetings. Cause I think that, like you said, you looked forward to that Monday morning meeting and that Friday, you know, email that you had to send out, letting them, letting your boss know, this is what I did. So you have to do that for yourself. And usually it comes in the form of, Hey, I have this person that's keeping me accountable that I can check in with and, you know, give them, let, let them know my report. You know, but it's also giving you the opportunity to examine your business and be like, okay, I did X, Y and Z, you know, and then these are the things I didn't do. And then on Monday, we can talk about why (laughs) and we can talk about the next steps or whatever the situation is. So I really love your coaching.
1: And I'm sure you notice this, like the more the things that you talked about with your boss that you've now accomplished, you've also probably done more than that because you get that momentum going. So mm-hmm. I wrote a blog post. It's actually one of the mo- like my most searched things on YouTube, which I think is really funny because it has nothing to do I- when people search. It's called, what is the difference between a personal trainer and a gym membership? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's about business, but it gets searched so much and it gets thrown in with CrossFit videos and all this because of the, you know, the, the words, mm-hmm. and so when I a couple of years ago, twenty twelve twenty twelve, I hired a personal trainer because I had I wanted to lose some weight from college and I wanted to get in shape again. And so that cost money. And if I we I remember we moved our meetings to the morning time and I overslept one time and like she still docked an appointment, you know, like I didn't go to it, but it still got docked because I didn't cancel within like the twenty four hours or whatever. And and I was like, oh my goodness, like I just lost money, right? And it was really expensive at the time, I thought, and I mean it is expensive, but then I moved cities, I moved states and all of that, and I joined the gym. And I think it was like twenty, twenty-three dollars a month. And it was nowhere near where I live. I mean, it was the closest gym, but I joined that because that's where my roommates were members at. And I thought they I thought we would go together. Twenty-three dollars compared to what I was paying for a personal trainer. I got this membership in like the fall of 2014. Okay. That April 2015, I called the gym and I was like, Hey, I really think I need to cancel my gym membership. And they're like, okay, give us the number on your ID card. And I was like, sir, I haven't been to the gym once since purchasing my gym membership. I don't have an ID card. I went as a guest with my roommate and got the form to sign up and like filled it out online or whatever. And I was paying $23 a month, which is so, you know, it's so cheap compared to like other gyms, but there was no skin in the game for me. Right. It was so like $23 a month. I blinked and like what, I mean, that's nothing really. I mean, it, it it is, it's $23, but you know, compared to what I was paying and no one held me accountable. The gym had no idea. I was just paying them a check and I mean, auto drafting, you know, I wasn't, there was no accountability no one at the gym knew me, knew if I didn't show up, didn't know if I missed a class. But when I paid for my personal trainer, who I would meet with twice a week in the mornings or the afternoon, whatever we decided on, like she held me accountable. And because she held me accountable for working out, I started eating healthier because I wanted to see the benefits of my working out. So for a couple of months, I was like, gosh, I'm just not seeing any fitness, like physical changes. And she was like, cause you haven't changed your diet. So because my workouts I changed. I got motivated to change more about my lifestyle. And I just, I just laugh so much at me having to tell a guy like, sorry, sir. I haven't been to the gym since September when I applied for this membership and I've been paying you for what? Nothing. Like there's no accountability. And that to me is the biggest thing. Like I said, my accountability partner and I, I love her to death. We do meet every week or as many weeks as we can But when I hired my coach, if I want people to hire me, I also have to invest, invest in a coach myself. So hiring a coach, I'm going to be meeting with her the next six six to eight weeks, like weekly. Okay. And it was a huge investment. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so much money. It's more than what I'm charging. But at the same point, like I know I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the work. I'm going to make that money back. Like I'm on fire because I want that money. Like I want to double, I want to triple that money in the next, next four months, next six months, whatever. And so to me, I just always go back to that gym hysterical moment when I had to tell the guy like, dude, I've not been to the gym, like, (laughs) sorry. And it was so embarrassing, but it's, it was just a great picture of that valuation and that investment. And what are you investing in? And What do you want to grow? And that's where you're going to invest your time and in your money. And if you want your business to grow, you do have to invest in that. And at the same time, I want you to see the results too. So I'm going to invest back in you.
0: Oh, that was the perfect way to sum <laughs> that up. That was the perfect way to sum that up. And I mean, like it just, um, you know, having this dialogue, I love doing these podcasts because I usually have this idea of where the conversation's going to go. And then we start yeah. and it kind of drifts into something else. But I think that it's, I think that this whole conversation was really valuable because at the end of the day, we just kept c- coming back to the concept of constantly adding value and mm-hmm. then investing in yourself, you know, and yeah. I think that that's something that as, entrepreneurs especially when we're just starting out we we skip that step we skip you know adding value we skip investing in ourselves because we we're we're so focused on okay we have to make the money we have to do this we have Mm -hmm. to do that and focusing on numbers that are arbitrary you know and and just focusing on these things that really aren't important and that aren't helping our business um and so I think that this whole conversation just kind of to me stems back to, you know, constantly give um, value to people and to do things that are going to invest in yourself because that's, what's going to take your business to the next level.
1: And that's, that's, I mean, it goes for social media. Investing in social media is going to grow your business. You just have to do it the right way.
0: Yes. Yes. And consistently, (laughs) consistently that, that, I mean, I think that's the key also, you know, it's so easy to, you know, start something and you know, you don't see results this week. So you're like, okay, this doesn't work, but it doesn't work that fast. (laughs) Social media, especially is one of those things that it's not a a one week thing. Like it's, you have to put time into it. Just like you have to put time into coaching, you know, before Mm -hmm. you start to see those results, before you start to, you know, really reap those benefits that you're trying to look for. So I think that that's another, that's a, that's a whole conversation in itself about, you know, Letting things take time, like giving giving things the time and space to actually start to work for you. But I mean, it, you're never going to get there if you don't try. If you don't take yep. so. Uh, yes, that was so awesome. I just feel like I learned <laughs> so much stuff here in this little conversation. That was so awesome. But I do. So now it's time for the rapid fire round. I'm going to ask five, oh, yeah. and um, okay. I just want you to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. All right. So, do you prefer chocolate or caramel? chocolate. Oh, I'm a caramel girl. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could win any award, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, gosh.
0: That one's a hard one.
1: (laughs) It is. I don't really know many awards. I don't guess. Um,
0: You can make an award up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know. Pass. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I love that. I've never had someone pass on the question. That was perfect.
1: <laughs> I think. Yeah. I have no idea.
0: What is your best feature?
1: My best feature? Mm-hmm. Like physical or?
0: It doesn't matter. Physical, you know, personality.
1: I Loyalty.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes. That I'm fiercely awesome. loyal. Oh, it's, that... bad <laughs> it's bad. Sometimes. It's bad. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh
1: gosh, <laughs> the the one place that keeps coming back, I would say this. It's going to shock anyone who knows me that listens to this, but either Vale, Colorado, or Big Sky, Montana. Oh, okay. I'm a. i am love the city, like New York City. I like love New York City, but there's something about mountain air that just gets me. Oh.
0: Sounds so nice. So either
1: a big like a ski city, like mountainy thing, or New York
0: City, a big city. Ah, that's such a big difference, though. Like just going from like the mountains to
1: <laughs> this I know big it's city. that's why like, it's so funny because every I love like I wanted to live in New York. I thought I would live in New York from the age of twenty-two when I graduated college to twenty-eight when I would get married, or twenty-six when I get married and have kids and settle down in, like, my hometown, and none of that happened, and so, but I still, like, I would move to New York City in a heartbeat, oh, but wow. when I think about, like, having kids and stuff, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm, like, eh, I kind of want,
0: like, land for them to, like, run around. Mm-hmm. That's my thought process, too. I'm not, I'm not a big city girl, but, um, but, yeah, my thought process is definitely, like, let's get some land and raise yeah. up these little babies, <laughs> yeah.
1: but since that's not the case, that's, like, why I love like the city because I'm not like married or having kids, and so mm. I'm like, yeah, let's do the city life for as long as possible.
0: <laughs> I totally understand that. So this last question is one that I ask everyone, and okay. it is, what does it mean to you to be a female creative?
1: It means that I get to be me. Mm. I get to do what lights me up. I get to be who I imagine myself being, and not. Who I think I should be, that and that's been cool. something really transformative in the past couple years working solo. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So, that. yeah, that yeah. was awesome. That was so
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great answer. So, tell us really quickly before we log off, what is the uh, best way to follow you, reach you on social media, your website?
1: Yeah. So I, I do love Instagram. Like I said, my feed is pretty stagnant, but I lo- like I'm on there chatting, commenting on stories that, <clears throat> that kind of thing. So the social at the social walker on Instagram, and then you can email me AllieDanae at the social walker.com. And I will say I have a little gift for anyone listening. If they want either the one month mentorship or the three month, I will do a $25 off for either coaching package. Um, And so I will say the three month one is going to be increasing in price in the next few months or they probably both will actually, but I'll do $25 off for anyone who mentions the podcast and they can start doing some mentorship.
0: Oh, you guys definitely need to get this deal because you see how much value she already added to this whole conversation. So imagine what you're going to get with this with this um, program. So you guys definitely, definitely go check that out. Send her a message and all that good jazz. Well, Allie, it was such a pleasure to talk with you. I'm so glad that you decided to come on this podcast and um, interact with me. And until next time, I'm planning to do something and I keep saying this, so it's probably definitely going to happen now. But um, I really want to do an episode like, for the year, like, um, at the end of the year, uh, where I bring everybody back on and we talk about like where people's business grew from a year. So I think that would be so cool. So I would definitely be inviting you back to that. Um, I keep saying it, so now I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to do it because people are going to be like, well, okay, you said, so there goes the accountability. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Say it out loud, get it written down, do it. Yes, so that would be so exciting, but I so appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of The She's a Creative Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by sharing a review on iTunes or sending me a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and your favorite part. Go follow me on social media to get more inspiration, wisdom, and tips at She's a Creative Podcast or at Mrs. K-H on Instagram and check out the blog at she'sacreative.com. I love you, creative darling so much! And until next time, keep building your creative dreams.